peace of our Lord be with you. Of all the memorable moments, and there are plenty of them, in this morning's long lesson from the Gospel of John, few are more tender than the one we watch through the window of verse 35, when even though According to the writer of the Gospel of John, Jesus knew what Jesus was about to do. Still, Jesus wept. Rushing no one through their grief, but joining everyone in their grief, though he knew the wonderful thing he soon would do, Jesus wept. Jesus' final work at Lazarus' grave to raise Lazarus to life, but his first work, solidarity with the sorrow with which he found himself surrounded. Perhaps for us, a sign of one of the ways the church might best walk with the world through this most uncertain season in all of our lives, the time of COVID-19. Like Jesus in today's gospel lesson, the church in the time of COVID-19 is surrounded by grief and loss. This present season of social isolation and physical separation, a time of great sorrow for many across our city and around the world. As helpful, important, beautiful, and powerful as it is to email post, live stream, FaceTime, text, and call. There is no virtual substitute for being in the same room at the same time, for being able to touch the hand and feel the embrace of loved ones and friends, especially for folk like us, whose incarnational faith is embodied in congregational singing and in congregational preaching, sermons formed and shaped, pushed and pulled, not only by the person in the pulpit, but by all the people in the room. Folk like us, whose incarnational faith is embodied in physical gestures, such as baptism, the laying on of hands, and baby dedication, 
which include the transfer of the child from parents to pastors and the transfer of a tiny silver dove from the pastor to the child, not to mention the kiss of peace, all of which require and are utterly dependent upon the presence of an other. Add to that the loss of the familiar rhythm and routine of school days, the loss of the freedom to sit with loved ones and friends in hospitals and nursing homes, or to gather for weddings and funerals, along with the loss of countless other simple social interactions, proms and parties, installations and graduations, dinners and dances, concerts and games, many of which, yes, are first world losses, but all of which have also meant the loss of joy for some and basic financial security for others, as have the temporary closings of businesses, restaurants, stadiums, and stores all of which is necessary to help contain the spread of the virus, but the necessity of which does not erase the pain of the losses which so many are grieving so deeply, which is why part of the church's job in the time of COVID-19 is not unlike Jesus in today's gospel lesson to feel for and with those who are most sad and fearful, frustrated and angry, exhausted and spent. COVID-19 for the church what Lazarus' funeral was for Jesus, a time to weep with and for the sorrow which surrounds us, even though, like Jesus in John 11, we know that this will end and that, as one wise soul once said, Things will not always hurt the way they do now. This present pain and separation will end. We cannot say when because we do not know when. But what we do know is that things will not always hurt the way they do now. Truth to tell, which is also part of the church's work in the time of COVID-19, not only to help people weep 
but also to help people hope. And it is in that sense that we have been practicing for this all of our lives. Earlier this week, I sat down with my copy of the Northminster Directory and prayed my way through those 400 and something homes one more time. Abel, Adams, Aiden, Adkins, Aldridge, Allen, Woolley, Worley, Wyatt, Wiley, Yates, Yelverton, Ziegler. And I thought at each stop, name, address, and home, of all the struggles we were all already facing before the time of COVID-19. Before the time of COVID-19, only a few weeks ago, we were already always being careful to hurt with one another and to walk with one another. We were already always being careful to make sure that whatever we said about the pain of life would ring as true on the saddest ears in the room as they rang on the happiest ears in the room. We had already uncluttered our theological lives in an effort to live lives that are centered on what matters most loving God with all that is in us and loving others as we love ourselves. We were already striving to have that uncluttered kind of spiritual life where our God is love, our creed is kindness, and our default position is empathy. We were already people who, by the good work of the Holy Spirit, love God as unconditionally as God loves us. And if our prayers for this were not answered, we were already moving to pray for the next best thing and the next best thing and the next best thing because we already were what we now are, people of incurable hope. In that sense, though we did not know it, we have been practicing for this all of our lives. From generation to generation, sorrow to sorrow, crisis to crisis, we have held in our hearts the hope Ezekiel gave us when Ezekiel handed us that story of the valley filled with all those dead, dry bones, tibias and fibulas, scapulas and clavicles, ankles and knuckles, femurs and where is John Purvis when you need him? All those dry, dead bones standing up and stepping out 
in a long-delayed orthopedic prom of biblical proportions. The same kind of hope we find in today's story about Lazarus who was at long last let loose from the tomb. Both graveyards, like the one we will visit two weeks from today, interrupted by surprise and joy, healing and hope, the work of the church in the time of COVID-19, to hurt with and hope for one another and the whole wide world. Amen.